Hello, this is Tom Williams, and you are listening to Talk Theater in Chicago's Interview Podcast. My guest this week is the Jeff Award-winning director-choreographer, Brenda Didier, who is celebrating one of the truly great productions of Cats that I've seen recently. Hello, Brenda. Hi, Tom. How are you? Great. Tell us how Cats came about, particularly you know, at, at a place that's absolutely impossible to do a big dance show at the No Exit Cafe, but you guys put it together, and it's really amazing. Thank you. Um, well, it was all due to Fred Anzavino and his brainchild, and he mentioned something to me last spring after we opened Chess and said, how do you think cats would work in there? I said, I don't know. There's only one way to find out. <laughs> and so he kept, like, talking to me about it. So, said, would you want to direct and choreograph it? And I said, you know what? I would love to. So it came about through Fred. Okay, but tell us the background you have with cats. I, I saw some something in the uh, in the playbill notes. The only thing I have with cats, Tom, is that my mother took me to see it in the early '80s when it was at the Schubert Theater, the old Schubert Theater. It was a tour, and I had never really seen a musical before at that scale. And she took me to see Cats, and we saw it twice, and I was just—it was nothing like I'd ever seen before. So it was always on my list of shows to do. Unfortunately, I never got to be in it. Um, but then this opportunity came along, and I grabbed it. That's that's a terrific story. So it, it pays to take your kids. Absolutely. It changed everything for me because I was more of a, um, what do we, I want to say, concert dancer, you know, more of a ballet, jazz, lyrical dancer. And that made me really want to dive into musical theater. It made it changed my life. It really did. Well, you know, a lot of people say, well, it's it's a weak book and all. It's a dance show. <laughs> It is. Yeah. There isn't a book. It's funny because when you said that, my lighting designer, Michael Narduli, who did the cat's lighting, said, I need a script. And I said, you have the libretto. You have the, you know, score. He said, yes. I said, that is the script. There is no book. <laughs> you know, the book is the old possum's book of practical cats by T.S. Eliot. His poetry is the book. So, you know, that's the challenge. And that's that's the amazement of Trevor Nunn and the original team, you know, in London who did it. They really, it was incredible how they put that together. Yeah. And, uh, it's also equally incredible how you did it on an eight oh. foot by twenty foot stage. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I mean, t- tell us some of the challenges. I guess we should start with uh, with casting. Where did you find such a terrific group of non equity dancers? I mean, we have a great stable of equity dancers. Yeah. There, but to find these these kids that are that are yeah. just right on the same level. You know, I I think well, we know we had the auditions in August. Um, and that's a good time to audition. People are either just getting, you know, graduated college or still in college. And I think Cats is one of those shows, kind of like a chorus line, Tom, where dancers just want to be in it because they know it's dance, dance, dance. So you're going to get talent out there, you know, that you haven't seen before. And I also think Mr. Anzavino has such a beautiful job with Theo Ubuque over the years. I think it's drawing more talent to the auditions. Yes, definitely. Because I noticed with Avita and with Chess and now with Cats, we had more auditionees and we had stronger talent so we had a pool to pick from i could have cast this eight different ways literally and i told our um, music director ethan i said the first thing i'm looking for not a dancer i'm looking for singers i'm looking for singers who can sing the music and storytell with their faces number one then if we get dancers on top of it we're blessed so we oh. started out with a singing call that's very and then interesting from there, we, we did the dance call the next week Mm-hmm. Because it's the same challenge as chorus line. Do you do you yeah. pick, go for the dancers first and the singers second? And so, yeah. but ultimately, as much as it's dance, uh, one of the things that I liked and and several other people, including Hetty Weiss, who always hated the show Cats, she <laughs> loved your production. Yes, yeah, she 
did. How's that for a how's that for a compliment? That's a big compliment, and you know we've heard that throughout the run so far, Tom. We've heard people come up to me and say, "I didn't understand cats, including my husband," or "I fell asleep," you know, when I was seeing it in New York, and I didn't understand what was happening. And with your production, the luxury of having the intimacy is that you do understand the lyric. You hear every word, and you understand every single personality up there, and you, you know it becomes. It becomes up. You get the, the audience becomes a part of it to me. So oh, yeah. to me, the lyric and the singing was the most important thing. Yeah. Well, that's 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 quite interesting. And and you succeeded. In, Thank you. And the clarity of it for the first time. And I've seen many good productions of it. Uh, the, the lyrics stood out. You could understand every word. That's great. That's good to hear. Thank you so much because that was our goal. So <laughs> hopefully we met it. Yeah. Well, that's that's becoming a tradition, and without microphones. Right, and without microphone. Well, you know, you don't need it there. You know, there's no, there's no reason for it. You're well, so I've seen smaller places mm-hmm. like that, that where the music so overpowers it that without amplification, all you hear is drums. That's true. You're and, very, very right. And, mm-hmm. and what you guys did with it, the sound is as good as sound. I mean, you had five pieces. They didn't hold back anything. They really created the music. You know, in the atmosphere, which, yeah. you know, the music is a lot of atmosphere, yeah. without drowning out the singers. Yep, that's our goal. And Ethan did a great job. Um, Ethan Deppie, our music director, we worked really closely together. You know, he'd step out and listen, and I'd say, I can't hear them. You know, there was two numbers that I remember just saying, this is too loud, the drums are too loud, the drums are... I, just, I kept saying it over and over, and it just took a while to balance it all out. You know, it's it's a, it's a collaboration by every stretch of the means with a show like this. Well, I've said, uh, both in print and to people if you want to know how to do sound go see the show particularly this show thank you uh, i mean it, it it and it's amazing that should be a given but how many theaters i go to and and I, you get drowned out even dramas yeah i you know i know because i've worked in shows of smaller spaces and i know exactly what you're saying when i've been the choreographer and as a choreographer you don't you can't really say a lot you know sometimes you just do your dances and you go home but i think to myself doesn't doesn't that director hear that you can't hear them you know, to me, you lose your audience then. If they can't, you lose them, and then they're checked out, and they don't have a good experience. And it's important to hear that lyric. It's really important. Yeah, and, and get up to No Exit Cafe, uh, no matter what show you do, and find out how to do it right. Well, <laughs> I mean, it's, Fred Anzavino led the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah I know that. Fred, Fred and I, got, I have that same pet peeve. But that's good because that makes everyone so aware. Yeah. And, and your uh, very good judgment of going for singers first mm-hmm. and people who can project being cats because uh people like uh uh maggie portman and some of yeah. the others the facial expressions everybody talked about them <laughs> and and you know when you're like a foot away and sometimes they're right on top of you right, right. That, that is incredible it, it, it creates that that uh energy that you want uh between the actors and the audience right right it's so true my husband you know he's one of these people that just He's not in the theater, and he's just your average theater goer. And he he said he felt a part of it. He didn't feel like they were they were singing at him; they were singing to him, you know. And he felt very much a part of it. I hear that from everyone. My mother came last night and saw the show, and she felt the same way. She said, "I've seen cats many, many times, but I've never felt the way I felt last night—the empathy, the passion, the compassion." You know, she just loved it, loved it all. So it's great. Yeah, 
tell us your your secret on how you got the actors to buy into it like that. I mean, <laughs> they're doing so many things. Plus, most of them are on stage uh, throughout the show. Yeah, I think that's the beauty of it. I, th- you know, I was a dancer first, and one of those this was one of those shows that dancers want to do, and I also think actors and singers. And so when we had the auditions, Tom, we had them sing first, like I said, and then when I brought the the cast back for callbacks. Besides dancing, I had them do some imp- improvisation, which drew on my modern background from college. And I had them, you know, be a cat. You know, I played some music, and I said, I want to see what you would do with the cat. You know, what the- cats groom, they eat, they play, <laughs> they sleep, they're curious, they're alert. You know, we kind of played around. And I was looking for talent who not only could triple threat sing, act, and dance, but also had the ability to be uninhibited, to not be afraid to make a fool of themselves. They're going to be in unitards in front of people very close to them. So they had to have a, a self-awareness of their body and knowing how to move it in space in a confident way. Does that make sense to you? Yes. That, and I was looking for that, that it's something. The other part I was looking for was that charismatic. Who's got the charisma, the chutzpah, to be up there and do this? That Not everyone can do that. We had some very talented actors, singer, dancers come out, but they couldn't get past their insecurity. That was a huge thing for me. Yeah. So, and, and I think it came mm-hmm. through, but also... Mm-hmm. No one upstaged anyone else. No. They if, all knew when their moment was. I said, this is her moment, or this is his moment, or this is your moment. But you have to support that moment by being on the sidelines and being engaged and actively listening to them. Yeah. And you that have, that came across. Good. I, I'm very, really proud of that. That was the hardest thing, I think, for them all to work on. But, you know, Maggie Portman led the way. She's such a seasoned professional, and she's got such great background, and she's our dance captain. And she, they really followed her lead. It was really nice to have her in the show. I feel like she grounded the cast, you know, so it helped. Well, now tell us on how you uh, choreographed the dances on the small stage. Now, a lot of people remember Cats as this probably overproduced show where they're doing, they're, you know, they're running and jumping and doing not only dance, but all this acrobatic stuff because they have this gigantic stage. Right. Mm-hmm. But now when you're on an eight foot by 20 foot, and it's actually smaller than that with some of the props you have on the stage. Yeah. How did you gear the dances down without minimalizing them? Well, the biggest dance to me of the whole show is the Jellica Ball, which is the end of Act One. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, we've got nine cats. <laughs> we can do the smaller movement with all nine on stage, but then we have to do trios and duos and solos. And I mixed it up. So when there's something really big happening on stage, I made sure only one or two actors were doing it. You know, and then I, and then, it, you know what, it was just a work in progress. You just, you had to find the moments because people expect dance from cats. If they came and didn't get danced, I think they'd be disappointed. I know I would be. So I had to find, you know, let's do the turns here. We still have jumps. We still have, you know, cartwheels and round offs and splits. And, but you have to just pick and choose your moments and make them happen. And then we actually, we, once we got on the space, I said, well, let's find what's going to fit. And if something didn't fit, we just pulled, two actors out of it. I said, it's not that you're bad and that you're not talented. It's just that you, they don't, it doesn't fit. So it might have these two do it instead. You know, it, it just, it was just trial and error. And be, I think my experience doing Evita and chess there really helped because I really knew the space yeah. and I understood how to, you know, use the stairs. And I remember Mark Robin telling me when I said, how do you do the, all these dances <laughs> at, Mar- at Marietta uh-huh. on yeah. the small stage? He corrected me. He says, no, Tom, it's not a small stage. It's the space I have to work with. Right. And that's exactly what I was telling um, um, Ms. Hattie Weiss. I said, you know, what's the, the beauty of that space is that the smallest little thing, you know, a tondu or, you know, an arabesque or something so tiny can look so big. And so you find the, the quality and the minimal movement, and that's the beauty of it. 
Yeah. Or else it just looks sloppy and, un- and cluttered and messy. Well, and you gave it a big feel by doing what you said you did, you know, cutting it down to two people if for one part and then yeah. two more would come out and all of a sudden be four out there, then be down to two. Yeah, you just mix it up a lot. And then at the end, you, you give them all you got, you put all nine up there and bam, you, you blow them away. <laughs> you just kind of, you find the peaks and valleys of the of the piece. And I don't know, I think that's my experience in concert theater. You know, I, I teach a lot of ballet and I have a lot of experience in concert dance, so that helps. So I know how to build movement. And um, you just have to work with the space you're given, you know. And uh, I I was there on opening night was blown away. I imagine it's it's tighter and even better by now. It's really evolved since you've seen it, Tom. It's really fun to well, watch. I'm going to have to come back again because you guys are, are running all the way into February. And, it's and exciting. Yeah, that is. And to have shows be extended. And, and Fred's confident, and I am too, that you guys are going to have uh, terrific audiences even in the cold winter. Mm-hmm. I think so. I think w- so. What's been the audience reaction to the show? <gasps> Amazing. So many different emotions. Laughter. You know what was really fun for me last night? There was a lot of children in the audience. The youngest had to be five. I think the oldest was maybe 13. But to see the kids react and to see them, you know, one of the boys, to be, he said, I want to be Rum Tum Tugger, you know, so you get the kids who get into the magic of it all. And they want to be, you know, they want to take singing lessons now or acting. You know, it's cute. And then you get the older generation who just cry at Grisabella or cry at Gus, the theater cat. And that's what I think about the beauty of the show is in that the music, the music is what speaks to the people, and people sing. People were singing along to Mr. Mistopheles a show a week ago. You know, they know the music, and so it's fun for them to experience it because if it's new. And I've had a, a couple people say I've seen it ten times, and I loved every one. But this experience was so different. It was like I was seeing the show for the very first time. Wow. So the reactions have been all over the board, but between five-year-olds and ninety-five-year-olds, it's been really positive. And everyone's had a great time. Yeah, I, I, I think it is a good show for children. It's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, they gotta, you know, have the attention spans to, you know, uh, last a couple of hours. Yeah. But, but, uh, I'm finding that from what I've heard is these kids get so locked into it, it seems like it could go on for five hours. Right. I mean, they're I so agree. into it. Yep. You're, they're, they're really, really engaged and it goes quickly. Alumni, and it's fun to watch them be engaged. And you know, I did cut the show by forty-five minutes because it's a long show, and we made some cuts, and I think they were important cuts. So, especially in a you know, theater situation. Yeah, I was trying to figure out where you did cut because mm-hmm. the cuts were so smoothly done that, and I know the show pretty well. I, mm-hmm. you know, you didn't cut any of the major numbers that I that I know of. You, just, you know, we cut two numbers. Yeah. Um, we cut the Peaks and Pollicles number from Act One. Remember the one with the dogs. Okay, yeah, yeah. I, you know that was kind of an add-on, anyhow. Yeah, and everyone else has cut it. Uh, I, I most believe. people cut yeah. that number, so I cut that. We cut that. The Jellicle Ball at the end of Act One is a nine-minute dance, normally yeah. nine minutes, and it was most of the reviews on Broadway were, you know, said it was too long at the end of Act One, so I made it four and a half minutes. Okay, see, I didn't even notice that, and you're right, because I, uh, I do have a tape of the show that it that does run kind of long. Yeah, it runs long, and then in Act Two, you know, there's a cat named McCavity. Mm-hmm. Um, the mystery cat. When I first saw it on Broadway, I thought, well, he doesn't. He's more thrilling than terrifying. Do we really need that character? And with thirteen actors, we had to start trimming. You know, what characters do we need? Mm-hmm. What characters don't we need? We didn't need a McCavity because all they talk about McCavity's not there. So why have him? And we can't do a fight. We can't do stage fighting. You know, on that stage, it's too dangerous. Yeah. So I thought, you know, this isn't worth it. So we cut that. <laughs> and then by the time you know, we kind of move things along. We kind of push some tempos and. Um, I think the show needs to move. And in a dinner theater setting, when they're sitting already, you know, having dinner before the show or a glass of wine, you don't want them sitting too long. 
Um, yeah. And I wanted it to be, like I said, engaging for children where you don't lose them. So those well, are the cuts. Well, those are some, there was some terrific judgment there because, like I said, people that know the show, uh, mm-hmm. I didn't realize that you, you know, that you made those kind of cuts, but mm-hmm. it certainly worked. Well, thank you. <laughs> now, what, tell us about the uh, the rehearsal process. How long did you have to rehearse this show? Let's see. Total is six weeks. Um, Ethan worked with the um, music for two weeks because it's such a, it's all music. It's mm-hmm. music driven. So from October third to the seventeenth, I remember these days. He did music. Then I took over from the seventeenth to the um, for two weeks. I worked on dancing. I did all the blocking in two weeks, all the dancing and choreography in two weeks, and then we went into space. And in the no exit, and we started to really, that's when it really, the magic happens, because you start to shape everything. And then we rehearsed for two weeks in there, including tech and costumes and makeup and wigs and, <laughs> you know, everything else. It was a, it was an interesting tech, but it all worked out, and then we were open. And what do the actors go through nightly to get ready for the show? Well, some of them have to get there very, very early if they're going to be serving dinner. And they, the first four of them come in and do their makeup first and their wigs and they serve. And then they have a next four go in because the dressing room is so tiny. So then the next four come in and do their makeup. How long does it take to do makeup? You know, it used to take them almost 40 minutes. Um, And now, you know, as you go along, you get faster. And now it's 20, 25. So among the other things these kids learn is is how to do... uh Unique makeup. Huh? Yeah. Our makeup designer, Azumi Anaba, is great. She teaches makeup at Northwestern University. And she made each actor a chart. She took their pictures on our first rehearsal with their hair pulled back and no makeup on. And then she drew, I, I looked, you know, we went through the, each cat's character with, with me and we went through what I wanted them to look like. And she, so she did a chart for each actor. So an 8 by 10 face. And then she did their makeup for them on the chart and they followed along. And she came in on a Sunday before we opened and showed them specifically each how to do it. Yeah, because they have to look the same every night. Yes, they do. <laughs> and she's really she did a great job with all with all the, the little details. I, I agree, and uh, and and the whole thing with the with the costumes, uh, yeah. and the wigs. Mm-hmm. The wigs were terrific. Yeah, Michael did a wonderful job. It's, that's what I said, and you know, I said I don't want to skimp on the on the design elements because you're so close in this space. I don't want them to look like they're wearing Halloween costumes. I didn't want it to look fake. And yeah, they're fake. Obviously, it's a you know, it's you're transporting an audience somewhere else. But because they're so close, the details are so important. There's no hiding. Right. You know, there's no 30 second chorus girl from the right hiding in the back row <laughs> in a show like this. You have to just be there. You know. And and what about the costume changes and so forth they do during the show? I mean, mm-hmm. it's amazing the the logistics of it. It is logistic. That was the hardest thing for me, Tom, is to figure out where everybody went at all times. Not only on stage, but off, where they would change, how they would change. Um, but the biggest change, you know, was the Act 2 number, the um, the Growl Tiger sequence with mm. Gus and the Pirate and all that. Well, we figured out, you know, you go stage left, you go stage right, you go here. And when it got into tech, we only had one little glitch. Everybody pretty much made their changes, and everyone helps everybody else. You know, I say, because we don't have a crew. There's no, there's no room for a running crew backstage. Yes. So I found out, you know, who's not on stage now? Okay, who can help him? And, you know, this cast is one of those, there's 13 of them, and it feels like there's 26. Um they work so well together. They care for each other very deeply. Well, that's good. And, and mm-hmm. is that a factor when you're casting a show like this that you know yep. they're going to have to really get along? Yep. Yep. And, and you know what's interesting? I've only worked with two of the 13 actors. The 11 are brand new to me. Um, but, you know, you get to know them a little bit in callbacks. You, I took my time. You can see who was a diva. You could see who was a, a team player. And you could see the ones that weren't. And I said, I'd rather have somebody... You know, maybe doesn't have the greatest kick in the world or turn, 
but they're willing to work, you know, and they're willing to give give of themselves to the, the company and to the audience. Well, that's the Chicago ethic. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you should be very, very proud of this show. I am. I'm beaming when I go see it. I'm like, a little, <laughs> little really... commercial for it now. It's at No Exit Cafe mm-hmm. up in Rogers Park. And you're what days you're running? Oh, Thursday through Sunday. And Thursday, 7.30 performances. On Friday and Saturday, there's 8 o'clock performances. And now the Sunday matinee is gone because, you know, holidays are over. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a 7 p.m. performance on Sunday. And there's dinner service before every show if you if you want option yeah and, and it's, the food's terrific too yeah and you get you'll get a cat to wait on you yeah <laughs> i mean what all they do uh i understand the actors like to pick up uh the extra cash and, mm-hmm. and wait the tables is that right they love it in fact i think last when i went a couple of weeks ago the boys they all pulled their tips they were telling sharing with me what they made i thought that's great you know, it's great. They work so hard, and they really love it. They love talking to people. They get to take pictures with the kids. They get to know, you know, the patrons. It's really, it's special. You don't get that when you go to the big houses. You know, you don't get that intimacy. You don't get to know them as people. So it's really fun for them. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. And, yeah. and and folks, get get to No Exit Cafe and see this show, and, and, and forget what you thought about cats. If you liked it, which I did, I've always liked cats, the show. I like this even more. And if you hated cats, guess what? Like Hetty said, you'll like this show. <laughs> so you should be very proud of this. I am, Tom. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I have a feeling that the Jeff Committee is going to uh, honor the show because it is it is just technically, uh, the production values are so strong. It's nice. Thank you very much. Yeah. We had a great design team. I couldn't, like I said, for my directing debut, I could not be more thrilled. This has been a, a really a dream been really amazing all right let's talk about your background okay uh, and you, you you mentioned a little bit about how you started out as as a dancer and mm-hmm. so tell us then and, and about your studio thank you um yeah i started out as a dancer when i was eight years old i took ballet you know like every little girl does i think <laughs> and um in lincolnshire illinois where i grew up and a lady who owned the studio half of her house was a studio half of her house was a house she used to be a Radio City musical rockette and ballerina. Wow. So I studied with her, and when I was 13, she looked at me and said, you know, if you want to get good, you have to go downtown. So I started taking the train in the summers of my high school years, and I started going to the Ruth Page Studios on Dearborn, which are still there. Mm-hmm. I danced with Stone and Cameron. They were, and they're now um, deceased on Madison Avenue, and I went to the Lucanti Studio, the home of the Hubbard Street Company. And I learned I really wanted to be serious. So then I went to the University of Illinois, and I full dance scholarship. I danced there, and my first job came from Dominic Massimi at the now defunct Dre Lane Theater at Evergreen Park. He was looking for a dream lorry in Oklahoma, and I went, and I auditioned. I didn't sing, <laughs> and um, I was cast in college in my first equity show in Chicago. So that, to me, was a thrill, and when I started doing musical theater, I loved it so much more than just, you know, dancing in concert or companies. So I started doing a lot of work. I did a lot of work with Mark Robin and... I did a lot of shows. You know, I, I performed a lot all around. Okay. Are you still performing? No. <laughs> I'm 46 now. I stopped performing when I was 38. <laughs> so That's that's actually a, quite a long time. For you me. know what? I couldn't be happier. But, you know, eight shows a week, you get to that Sunday night show when you're, you know, about 35, 36, and you go, oh, it's just not the same. You know, because I was more of a dancer. I was always cast as a dancer. I always looked younger. I was lucky that way. I, w- I was injury-free. But you do get to the point where, you know, it's time. And I started to choreograph before 
I stopped performing. So I already was transitioning into the other side. So you you answered that uh, that question of uh, yeah. You're one of the what I call the dy- dynamic duo or trio of of top female choreographers with Stacy Flasher and Rachel Rockwell. Thank you. That's quite a compliment because I really adore them both, as well as Tammy Mater. And I think yeah. they're such a talent, and it's been so much fun to watch their work you know, over the years. And I worked with Tammy and Stacy before in shows. You know, we've been in shows together. We've been in dressing rooms together. You know, it's been so it's fun to see them transition. Well, maybe I hope the people from Drury Lane and from Marriott come see your work mm-hmm. and uh, offer you uh, some, a choreography gig or director's gig at at yep. Marriott or Drury Lane. You wouldn't be against that, would you? No, it'd be amazing. I would love to work with them. I pretty much know everybody over at both theaters. Um, I pretty much have worked with everybody in the shows, and it would be a dr- it would be great. I would love it. But my studio is in Lincolnshire. It's the Lincolnshire Academy of Dance, which is down the street from the Marriott. Yeah, and tell us about that. It's, because these, these are the places where, where uh, I've often said, the kids today, the dancers today, mm-hmm. The, the the one in the back row is usually so much better than the when I saw original shows in the you know sixties mm-hmm. and seventies. Yeah. I mean the talent the training is so much better today. It is better. And I, I think it you know, a lot of it has to do with just the talent the talent giving back, you know, the training we received. Now we're giving back to the younger generation and also the shows on T V, Glee and So You Think You Can Dance, all those. Oh that yeah, that's gotta help you, doesn't it? Oh yeah, lend itself to to dance. So I opened the studio in ninety nine. I was teaching at a local studio which you know, a lot of actors and dancers and singers have to supplement their income, obviously. Sure. You wait tables, you work at Starbucks, or you teach, you know, voice or dance. So I was teaching at a studio, and she closed her doors. And in 1999, my dad looked at me and said, hey, do you ever think about owning your own studio? I said, no. He said, why don't we start thinking about it? So we looked at a space in Lincolnshire, and we opened it in 99 with 60 students and two teachers. Now we have over 400 students. We have 15 teachers <laughs> and wow. three accompanists. We have modern drummers for modern, and we have a live piano player for ballet and point. We have 80 classes a week here. Um, <laughs> Who would have thought up in the in Lincolnshire in the middle of nowhere? I, I yeah. feel like I need a passport when I go up to Marriott. <laughs> you know what, though? This area, the North Shore, is quite um, saturated with studios and, and um, arts, and the Ravinia Festival is so close by, and so many of these our, our students' families you know, are patrons of the arts. They yeah. realize the importance of arts. So that's where all those kids I see in these shows, uh, when they're, you see their background, they're, yeah. they're all from the North Shore. Or, or up, I think up north. many of them are. Um, yeah. Like I said, having Ravinia so close, having the Marriott Theater here is a great plus. It's right around the corner. And just, you know, having arts being supported by, by families is really important. So we offer everything from ballet and jazz and hip-hop and tap and musical theater, and the rest is history. You know? What's your What's your website? What's it, what's it called? So www.lincolnshireacademyofdance.com. Lincolnshire Academy of Dance. Yep, that's, yep, that's it. Well, you're to be congratulated for a couple of things. Uh, Kiss of the Spider Woman. Oh, thank you. And The Life. Oh, thank your you. Two, your two Jeff Awards. But some of the other shows, uh, Parade, I thought you was terrific. Thank you. I had so much fun with that. Can I, a little tidbit, if I may? Okay. David Zach first asked me to do Parade, and I don't know what he was talking about. And so when we got to the read-through, I thought, what in the world am I going to do with a show? I didn't know the show. I didn't understand the show. That show taught me how to choreograph for musicals. Because David explained to me, it's not about, you know, what they're doing on stage. It's about why why they're doing that movement. And he said, he, he said many times to me, go back and look at your script revisit that number and come up with something else. It's not bad, he said. It just doesn't make sense with what's happening in the script. 
Well, he's quite. A, he's a good mentor because oh David, David's yes. a very talented guy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So that show, Parade, I feel really, I stepped up another level. I learned how to choreograph um, storytelling more than just the steps. And that changed the way I worked on a show. That that parade changed it all. And it was my first Jeff nomination. <laughs> I was shocked. <laughs> yeah, then then a yeah. kiss from Alexander. Or yeah, that, that was really fun. And didn't you do some for Porchlight? Yes, I did. Yeah. Actually, I've well, done a lot for Porchlight. Okay, I started you, with, give us some of the shows you did for Porchlight. I started out with Macabre, their Halloween review. Yeah, that was cute. Yeah. That was fun. And then I did The Sacred Garden. That was my first collaboration with Walter and Eugene. And then we did Ragtime. Which was really special. That oh, show, yeah. that show in general, is just amazing. No matter where you do it, I don't think you can go wrong because the music and the book is so good. Well, as long as you have a top choreographer. Well, yeah, that <laughs> that helps, right? Yeah. Um, I worked on nine with them. Okay. And uh, once on this island, and the teapot scandals. That the show that John Steinhagen. Wrote. Yeah, Steinhagen. Yeah. It was so much fun to collaborate with him. Yeah, he's he's another major talent. Oh, I love him. I love working with him. There's so much. There's so much talent in the city. It's just amazing. I feel very blessed. Okay. In the time we have left, I always ask this question. Are there a couple of shows mm -hmm. uh, that you're just dying to do that you haven't done? Yeah, I would say Pippin is one of them. Um, any Bob Fosse musical. Um, another show I haven't... I've done a lot of shows. Honestly, I love new work, Tom. I like to do explore new things that okay. have never been done before. Um, but anything Bob Fosse... Um, I've done everything. I've done a lot of things. I'm trying to think of anything I haven't done that right. I want to do. Not really. What about directing and and? Oh, I would do anything. I would do because I think when you direct, I learned I learned so much from this production. I learned that I have more to learn, so I would direct anything. I, I really I wouldn't be afraid of it. I just so I want to do. would do you would do a Shaw play or a Shakespeare? Yes, I would love to. I'm actually going to take some acting classes next year because I want to learn more about that that whole side of it. That's that's amazing, Zach. So it's it's never a finished product. You just got to just keep rolling, right? You got to keep rolling. Yep. Okay. What's coming up for you? Um, I'm keeping everything open right now, but the next thing for me is the King and I at the Porchlight. Okay. It'll be Walter's last show as the artistic director of that company. Yeah. So um, I've done it ten years ago, and I'm really excited to, to jump on it again. I I think it's beautiful. Be interesting to see who we cast in that. Yeah, it will. <laughs> yeah, the Shall We Dance, huh? Yeah. Uh -huh. Well, there's a, there, that's another underrated dance show. Oh, it is. I did it 10 years ago. I didn't realize how much dance there was, especially when you get to Act 2, when you get to the Uncle Tom's Cabin Ballet. Mm -hmm. That's a big, huge work. And just the whole, it's just a, it's a really joyous show. It's fun to go to Siam, you know, and to experience that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, that's, we can definitely look forward to that. Well, congratulations on Cats. Thank it's you. Just, uh, I can't recommend the show enough. Uh, uh, and to see, you know, to see a show being extended for like it has. You've been pretty well selling out every night from what I remember. Yes, we have. It's been really, well, in that, I mean, it only seats 60, but still, yeah. you know, it's still, it sells out. There's not, folks, there's not a bad seat. No. I mean, you, if you're, the furthest away you are is about 10 feet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it's really incredible. You will enjoy it. And, it, and it's a kid-friendly show. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, thanks so much. Thank you. And folks, thanks for listening. And remember, go see a play this week. <laughs>